Welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, presented by Roast House Pub and Idiom Brewing Company in Frederick, Maryland, as well as Havoc Brew Supply, the one-stop shop for all of your brewery's needs. Check them out at hophavoc.com. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm in Herndon, Virginia at Juicy Brewing. Uh, Can you introduce yourself, gentlemen? Good morning. I'm Anton. And I'm John. Uh, Juicy John. (laughs) (laughs) That that works out. Good alliteration. I'm the brand ambassador is my title. Anton's obviously the owner. So how did you come to want to open a brewery, Anton? Good question. How did I end up here? (laughs) Um, All my life, beer has been a big part of it. We're talking 18 plus. I'm from Australia, right? So uh, we can start drinking at 18. Um, yeah, and, and passion for beer is pretty much the answer. Why do you have not even remotely an Australian accent? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he, it, it actually, sometimes it goes in and out like okay. heavy Australian, but uh, it just depends on what he's saying. We need to get more beers in, mate. <laughs> there you See, go. there you go. Now I'll yeah. believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so just being a craft beer fan is what's got you there. Absolutely. And um, depending where this discussion goes, um, you, you'll know more of the background and, and how that came about. But um, yeah. Uh, the states is is where uh, is where craft beer is really thriving, right? And that's where I ended up moving um, my my focus business wise over time. So, did well, what were you doing before you opened the brewery? So, I come from corporate background, and um, ten years ago, I started my own venture, uh, and that was a bar, uh, which over time led me to, um, to meet some fantastic people in uh, hops growing regions of Australia and New Zealand, um, where I was based. And so are, are you able to get the galaxy that they hold up for, the good galaxy that they hold for special clients? <laughs> good galaxy <laughs> is, uh, is so 2020, 2019 <laughs> I should say. Uh, yeah, Galaxy has evolved uh, for sure, uh, as um, as crops have been ramped up uh, in terms of volume and uh, additional farms built. So we're not seeing that same Galaxy everybody uh, everybody loved back in the day, which is actually what um, what got me to know Aslan guys back when Aslan had this space where we're sitting now. Um, they were selling a lot of Galaxy uh, dry hop beers. I think at that time everyone was. Like anyone like in the hype brewery arena was churning out hazies hopped with Galaxy. Yep. And yep. then it turned to onion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also the way you use it, right? So some brewers are better at utilizing Galaxy. Others just think that Galaxy makes good beer not the case um sometimes we are asked here at juicy if if having access to some amazing hops 
um, gives us an edge. And I say, look, good hops don't make good beer. They certainly help. Yeah. So where where was the uh, your bar? Was that in Australia or was that here? Melbourne, Australia. Okay. And um, after that, uh, the wholesale of hops was the um, you know the business that got my attention, and that's more or less the last eight years, um, which is what led me to a relationship with Aslan um, Treehouse was and still is a customer. In fact, you'll probably see some treehouse boxes in, in the cooler. Um, we trade some hops with them as well. They <clears throat> have recently sent us some of their lot-selected citra, and we're enjoying that. Um, and we provide some New Zealand hops in return. And, uh, yeah, this all led to Juicy eventually. So when did you, did you move to the U.S.? I haven't officially yet, so okay. that's that's in the process. I'm hoping to resolve. Are you still on a walkabout? Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been on like a vacation to somewhere else in the world and not met at least just a couple that was from Australia on their walkabout. On their walkabout, yeah, walkabout night. And our actually, my my wife went to school in the Netherlands and. She became really good friends with this woman from Melbourne, actually, who was a classically trained opera singer. And she told her if she ever got married, she would sing at her wedding. So when I proposed, she messaged her and she's like, I'll be there. And her and her just boyfriend at that time quit their jobs. Not, actually, not even jobs, careers. One was a lawyer, one was a journalist and traveled through Europe for a while came, lived with us for like a month or around the wedding and then moved to Canada for a year because they weren't able to get a visa for, for here and then, then moved back to Australia. So you, Interesting. You Did guys, she actually sing? Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. What a story. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. And we, we, I'm from Pittsburgh, so we got married up there and we took them around. It was like the first time I did all the touristy stuff in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh in the house. So you obviously love cuisine. Is that where you're from? No, no, no. Koozie, oh. koozie, koozie. Oh, that's okay. off. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I was pointing to a T-shirt there. Oh, uh, yeah. Now I see it. Um, you know what, though? When I moved down here, the Caps were one of the only teams, even though I was a diehard Pens fan, the Caps was one of the only teams I kind of semi-adopted because the company I worked for had a box at the arena, so I'd go to Caps games all the time. And back then, it was impossible to see a Pens game on TV. So if I wanted to watch hockey, I'd watch the Caps. But enough about me rambling. Um, so you're on your walkabout now, <laughs> and you decide to open a brewery. Right. Yeah, that was eventually the, um, the end point to which I was um, aiming to get. And um, So do you still have your bar in Austin? No, no. The bar is long gone. Um, and uh, the hops business, I so the sale of that business took place last year, just before okay. I could get into this. And uh, that's still a ongoing business. Um, someone I know from the industry is running it. And I still part own it, but it's, um, it's a separate venture altogether. So you're just kind of like a silent part or just a... Right, and that's not full time doing that anymore. Absolutely, and and that still allows us to get access 
um, do some fantastic products coming out. Continuously so you do get out. access to the good galaxy that they're hiding for themselves. Maybe. <laughs> Someone just recently told me that, like the, that there are still crops that are really good and they're kind of cherry picked for, All right. for exclusive customers. Was that, <laughs> was that a home brewer? No, it was, it was a brewer. Yeah. Actually, it may have been a brewery owner. I can't remember who it was. It was a few weeks ago. Okay. I'd like to get some uh, some tips on that. <laughs> I have a feeling you know. <laughs> so we actually uh, we actually don't use Galaxy as much. We no. did a couple of releases. That's I, true. Like I've when I, following you guys on social media, you, I don't see many of your. But the, I mean, that's kind of not the premier hop anymore. It's not like what you said in 2019, 2020, if a brewery just slapped Galaxy on a can, people were going to buy it like crazy. Exactly. Now you just have to put Citra on it. Or Motueka. <laughs> yeah. We love Motueka. It's, uh, oh, yeah. I wouldn't say underrated hop, but it's, it's certainly a hop that can be utilized so well and, and isn't always. And one of the things I always thought, so whenever Jensen first introduced us at Oozle Finch and you told me the name of the brewery you were going to be opening, was how the hell was that name not taken? Yeah. Did, did you, was, it, was Juicy your first choice of a brewery name? No. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I struggle to remember the, the other names that were there, but Juicy was iconic because um, as much as some people – have called us out for being tacky with the name. I think as long as you deliver yeah. on the promise of being juicy, um, you can take that name. And um, Who calls it tacky? People in the industry or customers? Because if it's customers, they're just miserable people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing it's just trolls on the internet. <laughs> so far, I think we managed to to uh, deliver on, on that name, both in hazy sense and, and in fruited sours. I mean, I guess you kind of are setting yourself up to have to do them very well, or yeah, then it would then it would be a, then it would be a bad move. No, you put put it put a target on your back, so to speak. So uh, anybody who is looking to be like a naysayer or something along those lines is, is they're going to come at you, right? The like the British tabloids, they always build people up to eventually tear them down. <clears throat> so when did you officially open? Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, 
or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. We did our soft opening on Australia Day last year, and that's 25th January. Yeah, January, yep. And then the official opening was sometime in, in February last year, which is 2022. So that's good. You, you released open when... You weren't during the height of lockdowns and restrictions, so you, you, you were able to open to an almost normal-esque type of environment. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, to be fair, um, the, to, to give you the full story, right, the negotiations started well ahead of that, so there was a lot of risk uh, involved because the actual discussion about buying this from Aslan started a year before. It was May 21, May or April 21, when we first met. And that story on, on its own deserves a mention. Um, as controversial as some opinions may be, um, or, or... John looks worried. No, not, not <laughs> particular. I'm just, I'm just curious where it's going. That's a lot. As controversial as some opinions are out there, uh, where Aslan stands or where they, what they've done for the industry, which is a lot, which, um, you know, you could argue that guys put Northern Virginia and D.C. on the map of hype uh, breweries. I mean, they were, yeah, they were definitely the first in this area, I would say. I mean, you had... Ocelot you was still there. Had, yeah, I mean, but Ocelot never... And it's completely unfair. Ocelot never got that huge spotlight like, spotlight like Aslan did. But Ocelot 100% deserves it. I think they're putting out some of the best beer in the country. True story. Yep. We agree on that. But where <laughs> I was going with that is whether you take that position... Or sometimes I walk into the tap room and, and we hear other opinions, you know, whether, whether orange starfish is tasting as it did four or five years ago. There are opinions out there. But yeah. whatever your opinion is of Aslan, this is going back to the story I started telling you about negotiation. Given the circumstances, would another brewery in the area allow another competitor to come in as they did for us because they did not have to sell this nor were they looking to sell this were they using it at all or was it sitting storage space idle? okay storage space and they had some plans for it and i managed to um negotiate a sale with them where like i said they weren't looking to sell this location and you bought it pretty turnkey right we thought so <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like it at first. <laughs> Not last summer, it didn't. <clears throat> it's it's a it's a production site, right? Um, there's always things gone wrong. Yeah, and I mean when, that's every brewery, right? And when something sits idle for for almost two years, yeah, there's oh, got to be some, all kinds of gaskets and gaskets, absolutely. Like some glycol issues, some pump issues. Nothing that can be resolved, but 
more or less, yes, it was still here. And, and this baby, the German machine we've got there is well lubed and oiled now with our utilization of it. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was saying to John before you got here. Because I, 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 I thought that everything was original Aslan stuff, but I wasn't sure. So when I asked him, it would have been, it had to be miserable to build all that out. Like it's <laughs> to rig that stuff. Yeah, in, yeah like it it's all sure. it's so much stuff, perfectly put into place in a very small area, <laughs> and, and you haven't even been to the mezzanine level. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, you you lucked out. <laughs> in a way, yeah, absolutely. It's got huge charisma. This place, and um, I've mentioned it to a couple of customers. We're pretty lucky to be giving this place a second life, and and the legacy lives on a lot of people walking in for the first time um, are are nostalgic about the days they could drink in this spot as aslan which was only brief right because you you mentioned that yeah. briefly too because they had to shift to yeah i think it was like 2015 to like 20 maybe 16 or early at 27 i don't remember exactly but Around those times, yeah. The um, yeah, and, and I had told John earlier. I had actually this is the first time I I've ever been here. I wasn't here when it was in Aslan, so it's kind of cool to check it out. Um, so was your passion for craft beer was that just drinking, or did you ever get into home brewing? No, that is one area that I um, I never tried. So I'm not a home brewer, but certainly an indulger. <laughs> so you hired uh, a brewer right off the bat, obviously, then. Yes. Now, coming off the back of the hops distribution business, which was very niche and, and hands-on, and um, I was often closing most of the deals myself, and we've um, brewed a couple of collaborative um, beers with some of our clients, which, as I mentioned, were pretty uh, well-versed in the hazy-making world. Tired Hands, Treehouse, I think we sold something to Other Half in their early days. Just some small little places. Amazing, amazing <laughs> breweries. Yeah, and so we've um, picked up a couple of trips, tricks here and there, and the initial hazy recipes were all of my own making based on theories and some application and then so basically like rooted in your knowledge of hops is where yes but hazies are so much more than just hops and yeah water chemistry right and and having access to guys like drew and kai uh asking them questions calling uh, Gene from Tired Hands, asking him some questions. You know, it's, I never was a home brewer, but I certainly liked to know the process. Yeah. And, and I did dig deeper than, so, okay, let's throw 10 pounds of uh, Galaxy per barrel into this. So from day one, I wanted our hazies to be that pale straw, whiter kind of flowery looking color 
um, that's just on the on the grist side, and we knew that we wanted to work with Pilsner as our base, as our base mold. Obviously, oats, and sometimes we do uh, more one-off releases with some wheat included into it. But generally speaking, we we go heavy on the Pilsner, and we use the best. We think it's the best Weirman Pilsner. That's what we've been going with, and then the rest is history. Um, in terms of our hazies, you know, it's been well received. So, when did you join in on the fun, John? I would say Aprilish uh, would be an accurate say. I mean, I I started doing certain things before even then. I started on this side of the bar, um, <laughs> and I just. I kind of kept you slowly walked to yes. the other the other side of it I, for all that, intents and purposes. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Did did you guys meet because you became a regular and then just slowly? We originally met um, when he was pouring at the Aslan Festival in uh, 2021. Okay, I think uh, that's where I originally met him, and then kind of lost touch for a few months and then when i saw that he was doing the the soft opening i was like all right i'm over there and i was (laughs) literally parked in that corner for months and months and uh eventually i got the uh the the title governor and uh and then it's it grew from there and i just did more here and there and i was like hey i can i can do some guerrilla marketing of this stuff and i i would take he would give me some of it i would take it around and and then it was just like okay this, this is obviously a fit at some point. It was, I think we decided, and, and then uh, and now I'm <laughs> a full-time clown. <clears throat> I think you should go back to with the title governor. Yeah? Brand governor is better than brand ambassador. I like that. I like <laughs> that. <laughs> That's a good idea. I didn't even think of that one for some reason. <clears throat> I can't remember if it was uh, my making or my, my good friend's. Dennis? Dennis's yeah. making. The, the governor nickname but john's being shy john was here in the first line when we opened doors <laughs> john was number three or number four in number the line three, yep <clears throat> yep and, and ever it's... since then the relationship progressed and um i have a feeling about not involving customers in in the work right and um john was an exception John was an exception, and I'm happy that we broke that rule. Thank you. Um, I'm <laughs> glad too, obviously, for a multitude of reasons. So, you are you going around to like accounts or just kind of? I mean, you said guerrilla market. So, are you you more trying to reach just the end customer or getting juicy putting on? Ta- I guess that even just should roll back to: Do you distribute it all, or is it all sold through? yeah so that's that's sort of it we we are we don't haven't uh we haven't picked a distributor yet um we certainly have a few in mind that we're can you self-distribute here or do you have to? that is not that law has not been signed into yeah it hasn't been signed into law yet but um but yeah so what i've been doing primarily is you know festivals we do get invited to some really good festivals um and even like when I say guerrilla marketing, I guess I kind of mean like, for example, Adroit had their, their festival this past yeah. uh, weekend. Well, I took a case there and then I kind of, pl- I just kind of plopped myself right near the table and was <laughs> chatting people up the whole yeah. time. Right. And, uh, and that was actually how I met Ryan at Fuel by Hops because I did the same thing 
at their, uh, I think it was best brunch ever. Okay. So yeah. I just kind of showed up there and uh, had a bunch of beer on me and and good things happened. And then you get officially, get officially invited, invited to yep. the, which I think is the coolest name festival in the world, just because the cookie table is such a Pittsburgh thing. It is a very Pittsburgh <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, my wife and I had a cookie table at our wedding. Did you? Yep. Yeah. The cookie table at the, the last uh, cookie table too was substantial. Was it? <laughs> yeah, I, it was. I did. I didn't see many photos oh, um, posted from it. Yeah, that was a it was a good vibe. There was two sessions, and we were the the Pittsburgh crowd just killed our beer <laughs> real quick. So Pittsburghers drink. Yeah, you guys don't screw around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've only ever heard. I, I fortunately, for some one reason or another, have always not been able to make it to one of the Fueled by Hops festival. But I've never heard anything but praise yeah. for the festivals they put on. Well run. Don't miss the next one. <clears throat> yeah, I need to make sure I make it to that one. And um, I guess speaking of festivals, I'd be remiss not to mention that we are. Um, kicking the tires on our festival on or about June 17th, I would say, at this point. It's pretty firm. Yeah, and that's a that's a pretty exciting project that we are undertaking. It took us, um, people have been pushing us to, to put something on a bit um, quicker in the game, but we concentrated on, on putting out some good beers. And going back to your question about distribution, I think the key question for us is not who to work with but what to sell them at this stage yeah we sell enough through the front doors and and we keep the consistency and service under control when we present our beer in our own tap room so going out we'll probably start distributing very very targeted and john's already started working with a lot of interested bottle shops and and bars that approach us and we don't want to be um <clears throat> arrogant about it but we will work only with people that really care are you going to stick to just virginia to start out or are you going to go into maryland down the, the track down yeah. the track targeted east coast sort of upwards to new york and down to carolinas but this is probably a year on project yeah, yeah. do you have to go now i i got about five minutes okay yeah um so where where's the festival going to be? Will it be here or are you? So we're friendly with Vanish. Uh, Vanish okay. is a. That's right, John. Uh, um, I mean, sorry. Uh, why can I not? This is John. Mike. John. Uh, Mike. Jonathan is the owner. Yeah. Okay. So it was right. Why am I second? Yeah. So I'm I'm re- I'm, I'm friends with Jonathan Staples. <laughs> nice. Um, and he, I, I remember when. There was a thing that uh, he was pouring out for Vanish. He told me that, that I needed to get here, and he said that he comes here fairly often and hangs out with you guys. So you're going to have it at Vanish? Yes, they have, awesome. this, they have this awesome facility out in the woods. It's a, it's a wedding pavilion, but it's so much more than that. It's got nice toilets in a trailer, and it's out in the woods, so you can walk on these rolling, rolling lawns yeah. and and this little beautiful creek and then it's all backdrop to a uh, huge little forested area so it's going to be out in the woods we call it but the actual title for the festival is mega fresh nice and that's june yep june 17th so yeah 
Sorry, I, I was sorry if I seemed uh, tentative, tentative about the date. I was just trying to. I didn't know if we were dropping that knowledge at this moment or not. So, <laughs> no, good call, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll be awesome. That that's definitely a good spot to have it. So, is that that's like down over the hill from the brewery itself, right? Yeah, it's kind or of like where the driveway starts, right? Yeah. So after you turn off of fifteen, so fifteen, yeah, yeah. After you turn off there. of fifteen, it's kind of like off to the left yeah before like as yeah. you make that first turn as you head up towards the brewery like right, right to the left there yes. is that precisely that's awesome yeah yeah it should be good it's uh i think it's a good space and uh we have we're working on quite a lineup for that uh hopefully all that comes to fruition and uh we'll have some fun that weekend how many breweries are, sh- are you shooting for and like all that so uh, i wanted to um say that we've we're pretty lucky to have um, a professional event director work on this for us. And she also happens to be a great customer and a lover of craft beer, Kay. She's probably listening in. (laughs) And um, she is putting on a show and and we'll out ourselves a lot of time and we haven't announced the sales of tickets just yet. Nope. Prepping uh, for it. Lineup is going to be one of the things we're proud of. These are friends of ours or very influential figures in the beer world that we invited just because we appreciate what they've done in the industry. <clears throat> they include some of the less known names here in, in Virginia. Nonetheless, really amazing brewers. Um, we invited some people from Spain and Brazil but the focus is, um, and also New Zealand, but the focus is on amazing American breweries that, like I said, we're friendly with. Some of the names include Mortalis, Frequentum, McKellar, Kushwa, Dewey. Ocelot. Ocelot. Crooked Run. Aslan. And so forth. So that that uh, that group of brewery because it's kind of like the I, I mean I hate using the word hype breweries but I mean that's kind of like what people lump them into like the the festival circuit crowd. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes and no because some of these names, for instance, um, Live Long um, or or Modest Man. Oh yeah, Modest Man. Yeah, they're really good. From Keene, New Hampshire. Yep. And them at the Branch and Blade Festival last year. And then uh, Snallygaster, we saw them and we were amazed with the beer. We're actually making a collaboration with them and they don't get out enough to festivals. So Frequentum is another one that puts out some amazing hazies, great fruited sours, and some clean classic beers. But they just don't have enough time or or beer to get out yeah. to festivals, and we're lucky they've accepted, and they'll be there in person. So. Awesome! I think Froth's on the list as well, right? Yeah, yep. so should be good. But beyond that, they'll be. That, we're trying to create a vibe uh, that's mega fresh, right? It's <laughs> trying not to be tacky, but um, we'll have some electronic music. John may may spill some beans on that. Yeah, I, I uh, once in once upon a time I used to DJ nightclubs, and uh, I th- I would like to think that I've kind of influenced or inspired what often is played in the tap room. 
I mean, you know, style-wise musically, but yeah, I would like to uh, sh- showcase, dust off my, my headphones and uh, get to work make the party hype <laughs> as young as john looks um what's that what what's that story about you um uh educating dj tiesto uh yeah you know back in the day when he was a little whippersnapper now that's that's uh that's funny but not true <laughs> but but definitely definitely more in the trance area for sure but anyhow another story for another day but yeah it would be really fun i hope i get to to spin a little bit at our festival that'd be real fun and it'd probably keep beer out of my hands which might be a good thing as well <laughs> keep my hands busy with other stuff <clears throat> but why don't we take a real quick break so that you can uh get on to what you have to do and then maybe we can get, uh recruit Dre- jay to come over and we can dig more into the beer itself uh the system and everything you have you guys have going on on the production side great beer starts with great ingredients at havoc brewing supply they offer a wide selection of premium hops fruit purees malt cleaning supplies and more their family-owned business is dedicated to helping you create the perfect beer havoc offers flexible contracts lightning fast shipping and unrivaled customer service join the havoc brewing supply family and elevate your brewing game Shop small, brew big, grow together. Visit HavocBrewingSupply.com today to learn more. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for Bourbon, Rye, and Gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. All right, now we are joined by Jay, the head brewer. So let's get into more of the production side of your story. Um, So we do know already that it, it was... The, the same equipment that was here when Aslan was here, but what uh, what size brew house and what's your fermentation capacity look like? So it's a 20 hectoliter system. What's um, that in real numbers? Real numbers, huh? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. 10 hectoliter system, uh-huh. uh, but we have mostly 20 hectoliter fermenters. So real numbers, uh, it's about nine and a half barrels. Yeah, when... <laughs> I mean, it's been years, but when I, I had a Guinness on before they opened the Baltimore brewery, they kept saying 90 hectoliters, and I just kept telling them, like, could you please use real numbers? Speak English, <laughs> right? We're in America. Yeah, no, I- we use Merck in numbers. <laughs> uh, so we'll come we have- here with your stupid hectoliter. <laughs> right, right. Metrics rule. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what that's probably what like seven seven and a half barrel it's, it's about nine and a half nine, yeah man, nine and a half would, or ten i don't ten remember half. that conversion correctly at right. all do i <laughs> <laughs> it's all good there's no need to remember yeah. that but uh so what i, I it won't usually, be a test later no no no, no, no. <laughs> but i usually uh i i go with with numbers like i fill my kettle to 10 barrels and okay uh depending on the depending on the style and the batch and the the brew that i'm making um and then our capacity Shoot, I haven't even calculated, but well, like just the, the rough like rundown. What size fermenters do you have? Right, they're twenty hectoliters, so about eighteen barrels, okay. uh, a little more than eighteen barrels. 
So uh, we've got several of those. We've got a few five-barrel fermenters, and we're just maxing kind of everything out. The smaller fermenters, we, we're doing some experimental stuff, some lagers, um, some fruited IPAs, and then we've got a couple four-and-a-half-barrel fooders. Uh, and like I said, everything is completely maxed out. So our, uh, we're probably going to – we're at capacity at the moment. So, yeah. That happens quickly whenever you open and you're putting out good beer. Right. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's yeah, a good problem People to have. just want more and more of it. Right. Right. Um, th- on, although, like, making fun, like, like, foolishly making fun of the heck leader thing, though, does that cause any kind of confusion when you are, or doesn't it, like, it doesn't matter. You, like, you just, you make it, you fill the tanks, and then however many barrels it fills, that's how many it fills. No, not at all. It's, uh, it's not, <laughs> not confusing at all. No, no, it's, it does sometimes. Sometimes I'm, I, you know, I have to go back and forth. Uh, but really, oh, I guess because you still do need to do those conversions for tax purposes and stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. Yep. But um, also for recipe development, right? Right. Yeah. You're right. So, yeah, I, I yeah, because any software you're using does base everything off of barrels, right? Or well, can you switch it to go off a hectoliter? You could, but I, I'm always going off of barrels. I okay. say that this is a 10 hectoliter system with 20 hectoliter fermenters because it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> you know, it makes me sound like uh, I'm smart, but no, it's, I, I follow, I, I go with barrels, you know, okay. I, I can make 10 barrels. Um, so you use the real numbers. I use the real <laughs> American numbers, right? <laughs> I say American, but uh, my, my parents are immigrants. And so this accent is kind of made up. I'm from Boston originally. Yeah, like Massachusetts but, originally, so I try to suppress that disgusting Boston accent. Well, earlier I was <laughs> commenting on how much Anton lacks an Australian accent, and then he laid it on. Well, he's then. a citizen of the world, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your canning line, though, that is a recent addition, right? Or yes, semi-recent? Sir. Yes, sir. That's uh, that's a workhorse for us, right? Right, we're maxing that thing out too. <laughs> uh, it's a fun little uh, little canning line. We have another one uh, that we just haven't commissioned yet, but uh, it's a little bit bigger. We just have to figure out. Um, we're just gonna say, where are you gonna put it? It's a good question. We'll, fi- <laughs> we'll figure it out. You know, like go hide a cargo container out. out we might have there. a. We might turn this into a, you a, know, mezzanine, have a mezzanine. A mezzanine canning. You never line. know. I mean, we laugh, but it's a it's a possibility. <laughs> and um, you know, Aslan was able to stuff a bunch of tanks in here and they turned this into like a production facility yeah um i don't know i don't think that's our intention but you know we could we could squeeze a few more things in here <laughs> <laughs> well you can add the fooders can go vertically so you can't add more of those right so. <laughs> right right yeah those beauties actually um are are from idiom you mentioned yeah idioms your um right in my backyard yes sir and, and a proud sponsor of the podcast and i, I do i do a lot with idiom and, and every time you said, every time Idiom's mentioned, it's another $1,000 for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so both of those, one's from Idiom, the other one is from Idiom as well. <laughs> and maybe someday Idiom, will, you could get some more fooders from them. Absolutely. I was just talking to Mike from Idiom about our collaboration. <laughs> Hello, let, Mike. Let me guess, you're going to make a hazy IPA. Oh, no. that's a little too crazy. I don't know about that. That's uh one of those things we don't completely outside of your wheelhouse <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick to what we know right i'm gonna say someone known for their hazies your crispy boys are phenomenal too 
Thank you, sir. Thank this you, is actually the first iteration of um, fooder-aged beer we made. Um, <clears throat> and when we were buying this, few people were saying, look, the, the market for fooders is, is not there anymore. It's long gone. And um, we just stuck to our plan and um, said, look, watch us, watch us do it. And uh, I think our Schwartz beer is something crazy, like 4.3 on untapped for black lager. That's ridiculous in, in the current world. And um, food rage version. Food I mean, I think, I think as long as you're purposeful about what you're putting in it, there's still a market for it. I think, I think there's still people who seek out and want a food or aged beer. I think it's, it's an art. It may not be a itself. huge, like, you're not going to have people lined up <laughs> the day you release something, but there's people right. are still going to get them. It just adds a nice little unique twist to the f- flavor profile. Right. Yeah, I was pretty pumped when I saw these come in, uh, just because, like you said, uh, and like Anton said, we have our what we're known for, what we what we've become known for, uh, but this kind of, you know, adds a different dimension, and we can we can start experimenting. And it's so far so far so good. You know, specifically with the Schwartz beer that came out, uh, you tried the Smoke Marts, and that's going to sit in there for a few months. Um, Which I have to commend you. That may be one of saying five might be a stretch but one of the very few smoked beers i have ever tasted and finished the rest of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean smoke it's a it's an acquired taste and uh you know i'm i'm like you i'm not a huge uh smoked beer guy but a little bit of smoke yeah it was nice it was nice and subtle and it 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 was and i think maybe that's just what it is all the ones i've had were just like over the top or it it like kind of tasted like you were drinking water using to rinse out a grill right (laughs) yeah i i have i have some friends uh specifically one friend and he's i told him i'm making a smoke martin and he's like why would you ever do that (laughs) (laughs) what's your problem he's always like every time i have a smoke beer it's like you know sucking on an ashtray but no (laughs) i specifically tried to make this uh very subtle that you could tell it was there but it wasn't you know the dominant flavor in the beer yeah, in my mind, like the only way you can make a smoked beer worse is if you add peppers to it. Right. Also, <laughs> heat beers, I cannot take either. I, you know, I'm not a huge fan. And then we made this, um, and it wasn't spicy, but we made this uh, Mexican kind of hot chocolate imperial stout. Oh, if it just had the flavor. Oh, so that is the one caveat. Those those often do turn out really well. But right. but it's the same thing. Like you don't get that burn usually. It's usually just the the flavors, which is I'm fine with. Even like I, there's been jalapeno beers I've liked because they only had the flavor and not the heat. There's just something about a carbonated, hot yeah spicy yeah liquid <laughs> with heat added to it is I'm not on board with it. Yeah, I'm with you. I have a friend that's completely uh, obsessed with uh, really, really spicy beers, and I think it's just crazy. I don't. Yeah, think- it's, it's uncalled for. <laughs> I mean, I like spicy food, but not not as a beverage. Anton's like, ah, that sucks. That's on our. That's on his list to make. Oh, is that? Uh, what, are you? No, just, do you like those? <laughs> I, I I do. Um, I, I well, we're we're now working out some details on how we could use herbs more in our beer and um or herbs as some of you guys say <laughs> in america yeah in america this is america speak american <laughs> what's herbs. this what's this herb stuff you talk about 
um, so definitely as spicy um, or spice infused beers are are on the radar. Yeah, there's definitely a market for them. People like them. I'm just not one of those people. I mentioned that word in the podcast before, but I'm I'm I actually don't enjoy that much saying there is market or not market. Yeah, we, we're just gonna do it because it's because it, you want that's to. Us. You yeah. want to drink it. Mm-hmm. And and all we want to nail it. We we want those people that thought that her beers have no place to come and drink it and say, "Wow, this is this is good." I could give this a three point two five, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we couldn't care for. Uh, I mean, we're getting great scores on Untapped, and that's awesome. We appreciate it, and we care for it. But some of the beers we know ahead of time aren't going to be scoring well. But we're still yeah. putting it out, and we still think that they are well done and well put together. It really sucks that Untapped scores matter. Because they so much do not matter. But as a brewery, like there's still aspects to be successful and to operate where that stupid score does matter. I argue that for me, the most important part of it is the feedback loop. Without Untapped, I wouldn't be able to see that feedback so clearly you have to filter it out immensely to get any good information out of it because of so and i mean i was solidly a part of the problem where back when i used untapped before all of this and i would rate everything and i always get made fun of every time i tell this story so back then, Nugget Nectar, to me, was the best beer in the world, and that was a five. Every other beer I rated compared to how much I liked it compared to Nugget Nectar. <laughs> That's fun. It's so, a good beer. So you have idiots like me doing stuff like that. <laughs> And somebody probably cried <laughs> over your scores. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, that was back. I probably it, it mattered way less back then. Um, but you're right. There is some fil- there is quite a bit of filtering to be done. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I guess like though if, if someone is actually writing out a review and saying like, hey, this has an off flavor and it like can point you to something that you can change and fix yeah that's an important feedback loop but the guy that doesn't like sours but drinks one of your fruit of sours and rates it a one then i argue that it's still um valid because statistically right anything in 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 terms of figures has got to be looked at with the depth of statistics supporting it so those that are rating something 0.5 and those that are always doing fives are almost taken care of by the system itself then well, yeah because it, it it adjusts the the algorithm adjusts your scores based on what how you typically score things right and for us for instance we rarely have time to dig into each and every um untapped check-in and and go through okay somebody detected a carrot flavor in in our stout right for mm. instance right we we rarely have time to dig that deep but we can look and and i think any feedback system is only useful if 
if it can give you a quick um, bird's eye view of how you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess like from your like from each individual brewery standpoint, if you if all your beers are typically averaging around the same time, and then you put out something that's significantly lower, that information is useful to you. Exactly. But, but there's so many. I mean, there's some breweries that are the highest rated and the beer is not good. It's just that they're a small brewery in a small town that everyone goes to and loves because it's their local brewery and they rate everything high. I so, would argue with that. I mean, that. that's an outlier, but there's still, like, I don't know. I just think the, I, I, I think, don't trust people's opinions, I but guess I is think, what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a t-shirt. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> But what I was gonna say is, yeah, I just I don't trust people's right. opinions with like a quarter star, <laughs> right? Right. Point two five. <laughs> lovely, lovely guy. Point two five. I am de- making a note of that. I'm gonna have that shirt made. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a note of the carrot stout because that sounds pretty good. A yeah. carrot, a carrot cake stout would be good. No, I just want carrot. Oh, just no, carrot. No, just <laughs> carrot cake sounds. Good. That that I think that might earn itself a one star. Right. <laughs> I think just untapped. Juice a bunch of carrots and pour it into the. <laughs> untapped <laughs> is a tool for closing that feedback loop for us. I'll, I'll state that again, and this is important to us. Obviously, we're enjoying the nice scores that we're getting, yeah. but I don't think. Well, because yeah, I mean, you guys, we were talking before. You're routinely on Top Beer Drops, the Instagram account that like aggregates that weekend, like the best scored beers of that weekend i routinely see juicy beers on that list when which are in the uh in company of mortalis and like all your other great beers because it's often stouts and fruited sours that make it to the list other half gets a lot of their ipas and actually though i think several times your ipas have been the ones that were in that list too right I think we made it with a hazy, right, once or twice. And I've so, definitely seen it with a fruited sour a couple of times. Yeah, we're pretty um, pretty thankful to uh, Chase and his team behind Top Beer Drops to be um, doing the work that they do on a weekly basis. And sometimes untapped down as well and playing up, and um, they spend quite a bit of time putting that together. So we're always thankful, and uh, I think it's a value add. I just th- I feel like there's a lot of good beer that's overlooked because of Untapped, or doesn't get doesn't make it into the limelight because there are so many reasons other than the beer that you get a lower score. Maybe Chase and his team will will um, get some ideas out of this discussion. I'm sure they're already working through. Some other for top beer drops. I mean, I don't. I'm, as, I'm talking like maybe a uh, category for best new loggers, top top loggers, right? You know, top yeah. rated loggers. We we talked about this before, like top loggers, top top IPAs, because like you said, it's it's specifically uh, some of the highest rated beers are going to be fruit sours and stouts. Um, so that's an idea to to kind of mitigate what you're what you're saying. I but think also like. Just to put a condition into that, I, I think the first people to talk about top loggers was Aslan. Were they? Wasn't there a joke about Aslan and and 
top three loggers in the country? I don't know. Oh, okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, like like Anton said earlier, though, we were um, we're trying to be innovative, and uh, most of the time, we're, I'd say almost all of the time, we're not looking at the beer as like how it's going to do. Um, like Black IPA, for instance, that's a it's I wouldn't call it archaic, but it's it's hardly made anymore. Yeah. And, uh, but we made one, <laughs> you know, and it's uh, it's not. And we're digging it. Right. Right. It's my it's one of my favorites on tap. And, you know, uh, and it's selling really well. And it's probably not rated like as high as the, the fruited sours and our mega lattes. But we're completely fine with it uh, because we love the beer and it came out pretty good. Where do, where does your skew is it so on the further on the malty end of the spectrum or is it Mine still specifically? Hoppy? Yeah. No man, I'm a I tend to I tell Anton this, if I if I made only beers that I drank, I I probably wouldn't have a an operating brewery. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I I love all ends of the spectrum, but specifically I I like crisp things i like more dry things but i mean like your black ipa which, oh because there's like two distinct right black ipas right. there's the I ones that are to. like a hoppy stout and then there's ones that are just like a roasty ipa right which, i tried to i tried not to make it a hoppy hoppy porter or hoppy stout um i tried to make the base uh kind of malty enough and roasty enough that you could tell that it's it's a dark beer yeah but not to overpower the hop character okay and, so, so the, yours was good then <laughs> and so, I well, because I think I I think personally, that's why style. It's a style that never took off, because in most of the people I've ever talked about black IPAs too, it's always that at your end of the spectrum, the way you made it, those ones that they liked, and then there's the ones that were like just tasted like a hoppy stout or a hoppy porter, and the, like that. I don't know that. That flavor profile just isn't nearly as attractive as just being a roastier, maltier IPA. Right. Well, we also, you know, I also considered the hops, and and it's not just the the New World hops. You know, like I, I thought, um, and Anton and I were going over like what what would make this beer, uh, what would go well with you know the dark the dark malts, um, and a little bit of you know it finished pretty pretty sweet. So I went with uh, some hops that are like. Blackberry forward, uh, strawberry forward, Belma, uh, a little bit of mosaic, things like that. Just to, you know, just to kind of, I wanted, I wanted it all to work together pretty cohesively. Uh, so I, it wasn't just like, hey, let's throw a, a shitload of citra in there and, and pray for the best. You know, it was actually we 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 thought about this <laughs> as we do with all of our beers. But like I said, it's not like uh, we were looking at like, oh, this is gonna score like shit so let's not brew it no we, we yeah. wanted to do this for us you know so, so like i would <clears throat> one one gripe i would have with um untapped is that say you're a brewery that maybe got off to a rocky start you weren't making the greatest beer but then you fix all your problems and you're putting out really good beer your brewery score is still dragged way down of the boat anchor that first year. Like there's no mechanism to, to fix your score. If you started out bad, like right. you, it, it's way harder to ri- raise your score up <laughs> if you've started doing better than. So, I mean, maybe you should just be punished for not being good to begin with, but I, I don't know. There's just, there's, 
I think life is unfair. So <laughs> inherently, yes, it so is. So if if you are, um, but I mean, I if think- you are cheating on your wife, <laughs> right? And uh, in and- year two, you fix everything, right? <laughs> You're still you no longer clean, <laughs> right? You no longer clean. You still have that tarnish on your fucking face. So it, it may not be a direct one to one comparison, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> you still have that stink of your bad beer on you. <laughs> I, but I also I don't think that um, you know the educated the educated beer consumer. Uh, like I'm just thinking of breweries that have been around since 1996 that didn't start making, you know, these hype beers until yeah. well after, you know, uh, everything else caught on. They were making, you know, uh, traditional British styles and imperial stouts and lagers. Uh, like the first brewery that I worked at opened 1996. They wanted uh, a World Beer Cup for their imperial stout back in, I don't know, 2002, I think. Um, and so my point is, you know, they, they had to take some time and, and get acquainted with and learn how to make these new styles that are going to rate really well. And yeah. and ultimately, I mean, it, it didn't... They're probably not looking at the, the untapped ratings because they've been open since 1996 and they've yeah, got they their following. To, yeah. Right, they don't really need Well, to. so here, I just found a good example. So there's so many instances where, like, if a brewery's below a four, like, some stores won't carry them or the, like, right. they're, just, they're just neglected on. I imagine you're familiar with Schilling. Right. Yes. Would you argue they make some of the best beer in the world? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. 3.92. Average. Yeah, that's yep. that. That's the brewery average brewery rating. It's BS. They're but, one of the best breweries in the world. But I think the, Alexander, one of the best beers ever made, 3.76. Totally. But I think that the educated beer consumer... Educated beer buyer, the educated beer, you know, restaurant owner is going to be like, oh, that's shilling. It doesn't matter what, you know what I mean? Like it's um, because they've been around. They're they're one of those breweries. I was at, I was still brewing beer in the, I don't know. It was probably 2011. I'm not sure when shilling opened, but I remember hearing shilling, you know, 20 years ago or 10. uh, My math math is terrible. I just had a couple beers already. Right. That kind of completely screwed up anyone's sense of time, right? But they've been around for a long time, and I'm sure I'm sure it took them a little while to get to get going, and and now they're now they're on the map with their with their you know incredible uh, beers. So yeah, I think like I said, it, it's getting educated, yeah, and and the educated consumer is gonna gonna make that decision whether or not it's rated a, a three point seven five or a four point five. I don't know. I think we can just all agree, Untapped is a blight on the industry. <laughs> if, if, if that's what i'm hearing you guys say <laughs> i think it's probably the exact opposite but i'm just no it's a useful tool it's a useful tool for sure uh but it doesn't guide our business yeah. practices and i'm sure anton would agree with that absolutely and i think the proof is there um we released kolsch and schwartz beer in our first month of opening Alongside our hazies and fruited sours, and I gotta bet Schwartz beers do not rate well. Or did, absolutely did don't. They yeah, because that's not a. And that's where I think that categorized rating system, and I mean Untap does that already, right? You can look up scores by style. Yeah. And some of the publications, beer publications, uh, do categorized um, lists 
of the best yeah, like loggers, every, like Hop Culture, I think, does Pilsner something. Every Pilsner should just be spotted half a point. <laughs> <laughs> Above what they stand yeah. on on set. Right. <laughs> but that, he, 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 you know, here's the reason why we, you know, there should be a, you know, best lager category, you yeah. know, best release in, in lagers and, or Pilsners and Schwartz. And I mean, I think that's a good idea, especially now that they're making such a comeback. Like me, like sure. two years ago, that would be a stupid idea. Right. <laughs> but now it definitely makes sense. Yeah, way back in 2021, yeah. that would have been a stupid idea. <laughs> and I think <laughs> we could make a top three luggers in the country, right? Yeah, why not? Somebody said that before, no? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this one's great. I love this one. Yeah, it could be worse. <laughs> that's that's the review that's, that I'm looking for. Could be worse. It's always, it's always what you want your brewer to say, huh? <laughs> like to your point, of like not caring about like how a beer is going to be rated when you make one thing. I've always that's always stuck in my mind is I took a, a tour of the original Trogues Brewery, that little tiny one that was in Harrisburg, and John was the one giving the tour. And he had said that he's like, we don't we don't do research. We don't do focus groups. We just make beer that we want to drink. And we really hope you guys want to also. And like that just something that always stuck to me. And it seems I mean, there's definitely breweries that make stuff because and, and it makes sense to like it's a, at the end of the day, it's a business. But that like make just what they know is going to sell and is going to be hype. But I still think like everyone also just wants to make the beer that they want to drink. So you just saw uh, Jay there. What which beer did you just drink? That was uh, the Citra Mosaic. Citra Mosaic Hazy, um, and and we love a variety of styles. Light, right? We tend to drink lighter, lighter beers. But every Friday night when I'm not off beer. Um, I have a hazy, and, and that's what got me into craft beer with my hops business and me as a beer geek, right? I was exposed to Treehouse back in the day, then vitamin C came about, obviously other half, Tired Hands, um, Aslan. I'll be releasing an episode with vitamin C this week. That's awesome. Just D- had Dino on. Dino is a bit of a legend in, in our circles, and um, they put out some amazing Hoppy beers. They have a super cool duck. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Most importantly. (laughs) I agree. The duck. Yeah, that that one was marketing genius. Um Yeah, I see that duck on they they put the duck on almost every label, don't they? No, it's a, it's not on every label, but he said like every time that duck's on something, pe- like people just <laughs> clamor for that duck. <laughs> hmm. That's a good move. Yeah, you're it's gonna mask it. You're gonna look back at at our Instagram page, and you're gonna be like, "Why are they using a a swan now?" <laughs> 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 Did uh, so early on? You were just you. I guess we're only just selling pints across the counter, and then did, were you crowlering? Yes, so that was the start of our packaging uh, game, and there was only so many crawlers we could do, and um, there were times when we had three beers on tap, and um, just a chalk um, menu right there. 
behind the taps and and that's how we started and now we've got our little canning machine that that allowed us to um uh, get our product further and further and we're talking without distribution right people that trade beers or people that send beers to friends um and for us personally we could send some beers now to our friends in uh, missouri um, friends in california other breweries i mean yeah so yeah it's certainly changed our game do you do you have plans where like is it on your roadmap to expand because it seems like you you're going to have to at some point not too far in the future we we certainly have spoken about ways to accomplish that it it hasn't been set in stone but it would be lovely to to have a second location down the track. We're probably talking year three. We're now in year two. Yeah. Just just turned one. Um, but yeah, it would be lovely to have a more central location and, and serving people like a satellite location, if you like. That would be the way for us. Um, and some dotted distribution, like I mentioned before, yeah. some targeted tap takeovers. Guys at Church Key, God bless. Uh, <laughs> their souls for putting up with with us and um they've been waiting they they were awesome uh, to invite us for a tap takeover and we haven't been able to um to lock in a date when we had a good amount of taps that we could actually take over as opposed to two two kegs of something um and so once that happens, there'll be a few other really nice bars that John, our brand ambassador, started put it, putting together, people that have been approaching us. A lot of interest from overseas, but we're not even there yet. We are. Um, I'll, I'll drop a little bit of a secret. We are preparing our first shipment for um, European market, and that's because we got invited to, um, to amazing festivals in, in Europe in May. McKellar in Copenhagen and then Barcelona Beer Week uh, end of May and so on the back of that we we're working with these uh, very niche focused guys in Netherlands that cover most of Europe oh nice and and they work with some of the best bars and and the beer is shipped cold and they're very professional about their approach so this is our first venture into selling anything outside the front door. And so far, so far, we're so you decided it. to send it halfway across the world. <laughs> May as well just go big. <laughs> let, let, let's not even talk about the three tiered system here in the States. That's uh, that, that. I mean, that kind of does speak to like how miserable it can be to get started distributing beer in the u.s where like your first bit of distribution is to send it across the ocean because well to, to be honest it, it was driven by those Being two those invitations vessels, yeah, yeah and, and they're amazing and we're incredibly honored and we're still humble but we'll probably be a little bit up ourselves after this <laughs> i mean that that actually does make sense because that's that's been a common theme for like any brewery I've had on that's bit, that travels to a bunch of festivals. Like their distribution footprint is usually just scattered all over the place because they just have like an agreement with a distributor so that they could get their 
beer to that festival and then they just give them a drop every once in a while right uh, nothing nothing's changed here on the back end we're still struggling yeah. to um to make enough beer but given the opportunity to speak to thousands for instance the the barcelona beer week thirty-five thousand attendees in the three days of that festival and that's has a lot of people right and and there'll be some americans there'll be some australians there but a bunch of europeans that love good beer and um yeah we can't wait to give them a chance to try and uh, get some feedback from them using on tap <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug <laughs> you you're an investor aren't you <laughs> I wish we still <laughs> we're still paying thousand dollars for our uh, untapped menu service. <laughs> That's why you're trying to get a discount on your menu. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> I actually poured beer uh, with their chief marketing officer uh, at the Untapped festival. So the one hopefully Charlotte, she's listening right? in. Listening in. No, that was in uh, San Diego. That was way before. Oh, we the opened. original one, way over. Okay. Yeah, that was fun and. Uh, Hopefully she's listening in. <laughs> um, I think that might cover all my questions. Do you guys have anything else? Yeah, why aren't you going to about? Barcelona, the Barcelona Beer Festival? I wasn't invited. Well, you could go there and set up some uh, some really Subsidiary. solid interviews, and you know we could. Uh, could we invite you? That's it's really far away. <laughs> no, it's not that. When far. is that? That's in. So the Barcelona Beer Week is twenty fifth, twenty seventh May. I think it's closer than San Diego. FYI, <laughs> I think it's cheaper to actually get cheaper. out there. Um, <laughs> if if you book your tickets in advance, as we're looking at now, this is a five to seven hundred dollars return. Sometimes you pay more for a California trip, so that's that's a fair comment. And then the McKellar is, is crazy how that works, <laughs> right? And McKellar is fifth to sixth May, and we haven't announced that. They haven't announced uh, us just yet, but I think this week we'll we'll make an announcement to our um, club members on Wednesday, and I think that's going to happen before this podcast is out. So yeah, we'll this will them. be a few weeks. That that it'll this two three weeks and this will be released. So that's old news now. <laughs> <laughs> At least to your club members. All right. Or fake. <laughs> um, do you have anything else coming up exciting? I mean, you're, you meant the June 17th, the festival at... Will it be advertised just being at Vanish? Or is it? does that area have a different name? That it, I think in our invitation to all of the... Brewer friends, we mentioned okay. uh, Vanish as as the place, but it it it's almost a separate area at Vanish. Well, yeah, I think it's I think it's a different entity, kind of licensed separately and everything. But it, for all extensive purposes, it turn at where it says Vanish, and that's where the festival <laughs> right. would be. When when do you anticipate tickets will go on sale for that? So we are hoping to start selling early April. Okay, right. Um, and where do people go for those tickets? To your website? Or? We'll, we'll have a link on our website for sure and on Instagram in our um, description there. But it'll be announced many a times and we'll 
make sure to keep the guys posted. Other exciting things are probably about the collaborations coming out, right? It's something we don't, I think, we don't do ourselves justice on social media just yet in terms of pre-announcing who we're working with and what kind of beers we're creating, but we've got a few exciting collabs um, coming up. I mentioned Modest Men out of New Hampshire. They're some of the best hazy makers we, we have encountered recently. We've got a collab with Mortalis um, coming up. Answer. We also have a four-way with them as well, which is Mortalis, Answer, Imprint, and us. And um, it was just that imprint over the weekend. At the Too Hot for Graham? Yeah. I must have missed you just by chance. Oh, you were there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, I was in the back. They, we were, I was recording um, a podcast, just grabbing people. Were you pouring there? No. Like, so I, I didn't go out and drink at all, so I don't even know what breweries were really right. there other than who came up to, <laughs> to be interviewed. I was driving through more or less the area, and I made okay. a detour um, and said hi to Ryan. We, we get along really well with the owner of imprint yeah ryan's a great guy yeah and we share um we we're just chatting about use of um coffee use of coffee in in um in our beers and uh he's launched his own line of cold Coffee's brews good yeah and we were just chatting about that and how they accomplished that and you know whether that makes any financial sense to um and he's very open book hello ryan <laughs> So you have Mortalis, one with Mortalis, answer, imprint. What else do you have coming up? Southern. Southern Grist, Southern yes. Grist. yes. Another so, great brewery. Which um, is uh, lined up to coincide with CBC. CBC this year is in Nashville. Yeah. And they have their festival up. That's coming up really soon, right? Like yes. In a week or Early so? May. Okay. Early yeah. May. And their festival, Southern Grist Festival, is right then, and our okay. collabs coinciding with that. Nice. We just, uh, in fact, I just had an email from from Jared. Hello, Jared from Southern Grist, about um, the hops uh, that we're putting in there, and it's going to be a heavy, heavy little number. Then Burley Oak, I can't can't forget about Burley Oak. There, of they've been friends and they've been supportive of us even before we had our own venture here they allowed us to come and experiment at their place so big big thanks goes to adam and brian and their wives and their team and we've got a huge collab coming up with them which is going to be both um home and away kind of nice. arrangement then there is heavy reel you may not jeff is so awesome so you I know them jeff yeah. awesome those guys are great yeah they're so cool new jersey and um we were there. We try not to get involved in many collaborations, abundance of opportunities, right? Yeah. But because we take it seriously and we try and go in person, for instance, the Mortalis took us two trips up north, and that's, what, 300 miles each way? Paul's uh, one of my favorite people, and his laugh is one of the best laughs in the world. <laughs> Shout out to Paul. <laughs> You have that on your... That's so funny. That He's the that. best laugh in the world. <laughs> that's pretty great. Love that. So, yeah, Jeff and... Uh, no, I should say Josh, right? At Mortalis. <laughs> we have this joke. Uh, but anyway, um, and Dave and Jared and um, 
the guys behind the bar at Martellis are awesome. So their their luau was one of the most fun times I've ever had at a festival. Their festival last year. So that's coming up as well. I think in July, right? July or June or July? They just announced that their festival is back. Did they announce back it this I year? I didn't see if they. Shout out to those guys. Hopefully, we can you know share some hype with them. And then you, you direct the, some people to their website. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think they have a problem, right? They're doing good for themselves. I think. <laughs> I think. Fair call. I feel like a few people know who they are. Fair call. <laughs> um, an idiom you didn't mention, or is that not set in stone yet? So that's that's being discussed right okay. now. What we're going to do, but it's looking like a um, one of those offerings that we're both known for. Are you? Um, are you doing it there or are you doing it here? Both home nice. and away. Is You'll have to make sure you let me know when you're going to be up there. I'll come hang out while you guys are. Absolutely. I think it's one of the uh, most interesting setups in terms of uh, aesthetics where, where their brewery is on the canal there in Frederick. Yeah, yeah. they have a, it's a pre-setup spot. <laughs> yeah. So if you've never been, please. Oh, yeah, they did announce it uh, July 8th. The Luau will take place again. Nice. I missed that post. I missed the invitation. (laughs) (laughs) There was no... uh, Hi, Dave. No hint of bitterness in that at all. I thought we were (laughs) friends. (laughs) Um, Are you going to many uh, festivals this year? heard a few people say they're pulling back on how many they're going to do uh i think this is the year we're going to see a lot of festivals come back in full swing and i think as as the time gets closer and close to summer uh, we're going to see a lot more breweries coming back with their typical or new festivals um you know other halves doing their green city yeah, back like this the, year oh week after uh father's day yeah it's the week after our festival and um warwick farms is having theirs that same day too right oh hopefully they'll have some people i think they're far they probably have a they're far enough away and i think have a probably a semi-different customer base i mean i would i stopped there on sunday after imprint um, leaving imprint and i mean the amount of people there just on a a random sunday (laughs) i think they'll do fine for their festival (laughs) the place was packed that's awesome (laughs) we met the guys at dewey beer festival uh worried guys yeah ryan's they were fun he's a great guy so many ryan's in uh craft beer (laughs) uh um do you want to answer some intentionally stupid questions Let's go. Absolutely. Can we both share them? Yeah. I mean, you can round robin or you can both answer. It's up to you. I'll ask it and you choose if you want to answer that question. Who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate? Ninja, obviously. That's wrong. <laughs> I'm in with Jay. <laughs> Unfortunately, you're both wrong. That's <laughs> Does pineapple belong on a pizza? Yes. I don't care. Wrong, half wrong. <laughs> Is Nickelback a good band? No. 
Yes. Come on. <laughs> Apparently, you guys don't agree on that one. <laughs> what is the best color of Starburst? Um, red, obviously. I agree. Pink is the best. Pink red is, is a good. very, very close second. Okay. I mean, you could argue back and forth which one is. Uh, I should have just said yellow just to just there, to be that guy. There are maniacs that have Psychos. chosen yellow Psychos. as their favorite. <laughs> I can't remember who recently. Stay away it from was. those people. But um, Dino. No, Dino offered to let people who love yellows come and get them out of his drawer because apparently he loves Starburst <laughs> and he said there's a ton of yellow ones in his. <laughs> um, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. <laughs> Anton does not care. <laughs> Have you seen Die Hard? Okay. Absolutely. I didn't know if you didn't care because you hadn't seen it or if... <laughs> I also do not care. <laughs> What's the worst concert you've ever attended? Hmm, good question. I mean, worst, I, I probably like, you know, my nieces, like, you know, spring. <laughs> oh, just, now you're just being mean. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're so bad. They're not good. They are you bad. know, they're not talented at that age. <laughs> <laughs> just to throw it Those out there. Those little brats are horrible. <laughs> they suck, but you still have to clap. And and, imagine if that was untapped for that, right? <laughs> yeah, I would have given them a oh, 0. 0.5. That's the website I'm going to start. <laughs> Reviewing kids perform. Like, yeah, that's a little creepy, but I get it. Well, no, it's only for parents. <laughs> you can't be on any lists. Uh, got it. Okay. <laughs> only for parents. That's a good stipulation. <laughs> Name a famous person you would love to meet. Alive or dead? Uh, either. Abraham Lincoln. Why? Why not? I don't know. <laughs> Did you know, and I've, I, I, I just recently said this on an episode because it was just told to me, there was like, I think, a 12-year period where Abraham Lincoln could have sent a fax to a samurai warrior. I, I don't believe it. I did not either when it was said to me, but then I Googled it. But like from when the fax machine was invented what? to when Abraham Lincoln was alive to when samurais no longer existed, there's a, like a 12, I think it was a 12 year time frame that a, all of those overlapped. What an unbelievable, that's a, that's a beer name. We're, we're, we're taking that beer yeah. name. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln faxing samurai. <laughs> that's interesting. How about you, Anton? Who would you want to meet? Trump. <laughs> that's a bold. It's a bold answer. I mean, the guy is hilarious. <laughs> I think he did more for comedy in this country. Like, I want to know why you want to meet him. I got questions. <laughs> you were there on the sixth, weren't you? <laughs> Storming in. I Although I, I did completely ruin your answer because your answer was perfect. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Maybe edit everything else out. I have questions. I'm pretty sure you would not get any accurate answers. <laughs> <laughs> He's the greatest, the greatest beer. You make the greatest beer in Virginia. That's not a bad person. That's a decent impersonation. Yeah. You just walk in. <laughs> get the, you you just get the meat in. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic hazies. Fruit hours. <laughs> Unbelievable. Thank you, sir. That is that is 
I, w- I will give that like four and a half stars. All right. Or bottle Great. caps or I'm whatever the rating <laughs> method is. Top, <laughs> top impersonation drops. <laughs> what is the best Robin Williams movie? Ah, man. So depressing. You can celebrate his life. The best Robin Williams movie. Um, uh, I mean, I was like probably eight years old when Hook came out. So I'm going to go with that. But yet you still went with the ninja. <laughs> a ninja would smoke a pirate. No, and it's they not wouldn't even close. Th- they would, the, the pirate wouldn't even see the ninja yes, coming. Yes, they would. They are, they are tactical. <laughs> they're they drunk. Are, they're also most of the time that, they're drunk. But that gotta, helps. That helps them know. do what they need to do. <laughs> they're seasoned. Anton? I'm bad with um, Mrs. Actors. Doubtfire. Yeah, that one. <laughs> one hour photo is the correct answer. I, really? Wow. It's an awesome like I said, movie. depressing. <laughs> what is the first thing you would purchase if you won the Powerball? Come on, you've had to have <laughs> fantasized that before. No, it's like never? a one in a, t- a trillion chance. Well, so you're I, never I, going to win, but you still fantasize <laughs> about it. I would buy. I have no idea. I, don't, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Um, I guess I'd pay off my Volkswagen. And, uh, <laughs> Dream big. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe buy you? another bright tank. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. And gloves. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you know the, the couple from Tin Barn? Yeah. Yes. They're great. So, uh, Shout out to Lauren. So at, at, and Dale. At, and Dale. Well, no, not Dale. That's her dad. Yeah, that's her dad. But it was Rich. That was our big barn. Um, so I've been invited to a bunch of festivals to ask just these questions to brewery owners and brewers at the festival. So that's what I was doing at imprint. That's awesome. And I asked them those questions separately and big barns answer was he would buy an Island. Lauren's was she would buy a Jeep with no top. (laughs) 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 So I was like, dream big, Lauren. (laughs) Such a Lauren answer. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty great. So then I was like, well, I guess you can drive it around on your husband's island. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren's one of the only brewers that we know that does not enjoy that, that picks a hazy or fruited sour every time over a lager. And and I respect that choice. Yeah, I mean she she she's like the one brewer that loves what she brews. Right. <laughs> she she's not the one walking around the festival with a high life. <laughs> yeah, we uh, when we met, I think we offered her a Schwartz beer. We brought no. Uh, oh yeah, right. And she right. said, "Go to hell, give me a hazy." Well, <laughs> and we were drinking this alt beer that Dewey made. Um, and it was really good. It was delicious. And we offered her some of that too. And <laughs> her response is just so funny. Like no, I'm sure it's. I'm sure you love it. No thanks. You know. Have you been there, or you just met them at a festival? Yeah, we were there a couple weeks ago to Tin Barn. Ten. Oh right, yeah. Did Dale make you pizza? No, no. Oh. We got drunk with Dale though. We drank. Well, I think he. We we drank so much that uh, he forgot to make us food. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dale. Dale Dale makes an amazing pizza. I've heard. Yeah, we forgot about it. You gave him too much beer <laughs> off the bat. It was amazing. <laughs> and he though, gave yeah. us he gave us a bunch of beer. I mean, we were drinking all of his beer. They make great beer. Yeah. It, the, did, I think it was was the Hawaiian Punch one out when you were there? Because that 
beer was great this I'm past sure. weekend. They had that luau um, party on, in, right? Yeah, they were in all, all like Hawaiian shirts and lays and and nice. doing all that. <laughs> but I don't know about the Hawaiian punch. It might have been the first beer I had, but like I said, Dale gave us so much beer. Um, you forgot about which, forgot, what was right? what. <laughs> they were great though. I brought um, you know the uh, the fruit snacks was just like incredible. It's just this crazy. Uh, it literally it it smells and it tastes like fruit snacks. Nice. I'm like I, love I it. um. I didn't get to try it at the festival, but I do have a can of their Cookie Monster beer. I'm looking forward to trying <laughs> the blue <laughs> cookie oh, dough. No, I'm not familiar beer. with it. Oh yeah, just look. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so go on their Instagram account. It's it's like blazing blue. That's great. <laughs> We're hopeful that they can make the festival as well. I didn't mention their name because they haven't come back to us uh, to say yes, we're coming, but. We, we spoke of it when we met Dale, and he was excited to come over. So hopefully they can make it to our awesome. Mega Fresh in June. Dale. Please. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> and Lauren. I know they'll be at Green City, so they'll just have to drive down here the week before. Yeah, and maybe stay the week. Where did is a hot dog a sandwich? No. Yeah, of course. Of course it is. I think the uh, you know the, the person that invented a sandwich was just like something that you could eat with one hand, right? Like in in I mean, that's just, a good definition, right? So like you can eat with one hand, and in it involves bread with some meat or something in case. And so, yeah, f- of course it's a fucking sandwich. <laughs> <There's> no, <laughs> he, well, he converted me. Okay, it's a sandwich. Okay. I was just gonna say, I was. Did he? <laughs> has he convinced you, Anton? <laughs> Good sales pitch. <laughs> I mean, if you were a wrestler, what would your walkout music be? This is funny. <laughs> hmm. If I was a wrestler, I, something stupid, I'm sure. I don't know. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> what song gets you pumped up? Jazzed up. I, I think it should be um, the national song of uh, Dagestan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll <laughs> put your opponent into its place. Everyone that's knows a, that you know, that's, a, that's a good point. It will <laughs> kind of freak out your opponent. <laughs> if you were a new member of the Spice Girls, what would your name be? Moody Spice? <laughs> Are you a cranky, cranky guy? No, I so, just, I don't uh, like, uh, I, I like dogs more than I like people, you know, uh, so. I kind of mm-hmm. just, yeah. <laughs> I think people look at that guy and they're like, ah, he's he's just the the dungeon. He, he brews beer in a dungeon and he's booty. But no, that's that's probably what I'd go with. I'll skip the question. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, you just, you just no, you can't skip that one. Okay, that's an unskippable one. Well, uh, what do you? Uh, shoot, how can we put this? Kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Aussie Spice would work. That's good. Aussie Spice. Or our um, Walkabout Spice, right? There you go. Walkabout Spice. <laughs> we need to make a beer. Walkabout. Walkabout. Walk you, you inspired me to add a new one. What's better, cats or dogs? I know he's answered. Not even a question. Oh, I know there is no question to this one. <laughs> I don't hate cats, but 
dogs are far superior. You know, there's a theory that the reason that uh, Homo sapiens outcompeted uh, Neanderthals and, and all the other species is because of the domestication of dogs, that they helped us hunt and protection and all that. So we kind of owe, according to that theory, we kind of owe like, you know, everything, our entire, our entire existence to dogs. <laughs> so let's go with that. I like that. That's a valid. Uh, <laughs> that's an, on the books. <laughs> I've had both. Who would play you in a movie about your life? The Rock or something. You know, someone <laughs> stupid. Like I'm like five eight, and uh, that's a joke. I'm just kidding. Uh, who who would who would there play you? There is definitely Anton? a celebrity that looks like you, but I can't think of who it is. Uh, what's his name? He's in um, he's in Star Wars. I forget his name. Uh, and he's also in the movie Drive. Have you seen the movie Drive? No. The monkey, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the hell's his name? I I know who you're, he was a Poe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's is the, that a, was he Poe? No. Uh, yeah, someone oh. said I look like that guy, but I, I your eyes very much look like him. Maybe. <laughs> Anton who would play you. No idea. Crocodile Dundee. Or whatever his name was. That's that's a great one, dude, actually. Ben Affleck. <laughs> probably, I think. No, no, what was that guy? Uh, Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. There you go. Oscar, We're just talking Oscar about him. Isaac. Oscar yeah. Isaac. Yeah. yeah. Great. Oscar actor. Isaac would definitely play you. He's the man. <laughs> we how Matt Damon came about is um one of the brewery regulars uh made a shout, shout out to uh to John, Jay, and Damon at Juicy. <laughs> and uh, I said, fuck, I'm, a, I'm Damon now. And Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. I just Googled famous Australians. <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe might be better, though. Yeah, Russell, but Russell's awesome. He's awesome, but isn't he fat now? I'm, I mean, I'm not skinny. <laughs> You're definitely not like Russell Crowe large. I think, he? He was just, I think so. Well, he's one of those actors that like gains a ton of weight for a movie, then loses a ton. And Russell would be an awesome character. I mean, I think I think Hugh <laughs> to Jackman, play Damon Damon Sagan. <laughs> Hugh Hugh Jackman is who I'm going with. Okay, or a Hemsworth, a Hemsworth like Liam Hemsworth. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I know how he looks like, actually. <laughs> yeah, I see the resemblance. <laughs> or however the Aussies talk. Get on, like nice. There we go. Because <laughs> not like Anton does. Hey, yeah. <laughs> it's been a total disappointment. Uh, he puts it on every once in a while, and it freaks everyone out. It is cool <laughs> that you can turn it on and off so well. <laughs> I'm just sick of questions. Where are you from? <laughs> so where are you from? Ireland? And apparently the word, uh, I don't know if I could say this on here, but the word cunts, that's like a... Oh, that rolls off the lips of any European. I mean, like, no, no, like no. A, the Australians. Even worse. It's, it's part of their vocabulary. It's uh, not a bad word. It's like, oh, look at those cunts over there. You know? Like, yeah. It's, it's just people. Just everyone. It's yeah. word for people. Normal what? Christmas gathering <laughs> with <Yeah>. a family. <laughs> yeah, that cunts. How you going? <laughs> 
and you know, like if you say with an accent, it doesn't. It's not nearly as harsh as if you just say it as. <laughs> oh, in, it's not vulgar. In, in America, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, he started saying it in front of me, and I was like, "What the? What what's, is wrong with why do you? you? <laughs> what, why do you feel that way about those guys? <laughs> you know, you kiss your mother with that mouth." <laughs> As a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, an astronaut. It's super generic, but I really, I really wanted to be an astronaut when I was really young. And then after like thirteen, I think I didn't care. I just liked uh, you know girls, I guess, <laughs> for like the next five years. And then after that. Um, I started brewing shortly after that, so <laughs> life took a turn. <laughs> took a turn. Took a little bit of a turn. So that's something that I never. Where Where did you start out brewing? Massachusetts, uh, Martha's where? Vineyard, actually. Okay. A small brewery called Offshore Ale Company. I was working for uh, this gentleman named Neil Atkins, and I learned basically everything I I knew from him. Um, he's from England originally, and he was brewing at Anderson Valley Brewing Company okay. before moving to Massachusetts and. And so he was, the beer that we were making was super bitter, super West Coast style, clear. Um, uh, Hazy's didn't even didn't even exist in 2009 when I started with him, and um, and so that's like I developed my palate and I did everything there. I spent like uh, four years working working with him, and then I went to a few other places before uh, coming down to Virginia. But yeah, that's where I got my start up there. Did you so, come down here to work here? Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, it's funny because I, I got my start commercial brewing uh, and then I started home brewing after commercial brewing, which is I'm not going to bother asking if it's it was the opposite. Good then. Yeah. Right. Is that what <laughs> but I hated home brewing after working at a commercial brewery and with a mash ton and, and you know, uh, temperature control from fermentation. And then I had to like I wanted to do some home brewing and it was just I like, thought it was so I stupid. <laughs> Why would I ever do this? I have you know, temperature control at work, yeah. you know, so yeah. Um, I think that's the last one. I have other ones, but they're not as funny. Let's go one more. Okay, one more. Let me, oh, here we go. What would your stripper name be? <laughs> My personal stripper or if I was a stripper? If you were a stripper. Not everyone I have as a guest has a personal stripper. So we'll go with one. Oh, that's if, another thing Aussie's uh, yeah. well known you, for. If well you known. were a stripper, what would your name be? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Little Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. That's, that's a reference to a small kangaroo. Oh. <laughs> something involving, I don't know, mine would be Harry, Harry something. I don't know. Maybe just Harry, I think. Because <laughs> that's, I mean. I mean. You just throw your name in, Harry J. Uh, yeah, that's probably what it would be. I'm Portuguese. We're not known for being, uh, you know, lacking any hair. But, you know, I had a beard since I was like in sixth grade, so. Uh, so yeah, I think Harry J would be would fit. All right, gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Uh, so is Instagram probably the best place to keep up to date on what you guys are doing? And Absolutely. Then, and then uh, top beer drops on Instagram to see what you have coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I mean that'd be awesome. Um, what's your what's your website? So well, I mean, I guess you'll put you'll. You'll post about the when tickets are on sale on Instagram too. But what what is your website? 
JuicyBrewing.com. Still amazed that, that that name was available still. People, uh, yeah, <laughs> and he's been hearing that since he, since he the, uh, started the brewery. How did you find that? How, yeah. how is that still available? All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, guys. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God. That's good.